0: In their arrogance, the people across the water called it the New World. We called it our world. It is a land unspoiled by white man's sickness and by white man's greed. Welcome to the United Tribes. You won't be staying long.
1: I
2: just remember my character was. I don't necessarily remember what any of the rest of you guys were doing, but uh, I do remember that I, uh, my character, after helping save uh, the coyote's uh, infant child, had been locked up by uh, the, the Iron Claws in their, I don't know, prison cell, dungeon, you know, bad place. Next to me was a was a nice gentleman who kind of got swept up in all this. That and, was Charlie. As I remember, there was some general craziness going on two guards came in started working charlie over and beating him uh and i uh had had not been searched that well pulled a set of uh picks out of my greasy long hair and I think had those uh, were bobby pins sure bobby pins uh picked the lock on my cell door came around and then uh tried to hurt one of the guards failed uh and then i things got a little red i don't know exactly what happened it kind of goes black for me after that Paul, do you remember what Betty was up to at the end of the last episode?
3: Um, They had uncovered some type of diabolical plan that the Iron Claws were involved in, correct? Do you remember the diabolical plan? It was something about blowing up something. No, it was not about blowing up something. (laughs) It was about the water
2: supply. (laughs) Aaron, what happened last time? (laughs) Help me out here.
4: The information that Shadow Override shared with Betty and Joseph Reck was about the UT's plans to sterilize all of the uh-huh. non UT uh, inhabitants of the city. That's right. So, to avoid a second generation, which are the generation who are allowed to become citizens, being born. So, it's, and, and they were in league with the Reich powers uh, to develop this uh, process. And it was a two part process. Uh, The first part's already been entered into the water supply and uh, you're not exactly sure what the second part is. Gotcha.
3: That's what I was going to say.
4: And so Betty had made a second run at the penthouse and had recovered some uh, memory sticks as well as a large leather bound book. That looked uh, rather old, you know, uh, like a historical artifact or something. And it had, you know, it was a leather bound and had a lot of graphic language designs of the uh, of the tribe.
1: That's that's a very Fox News way of putting what happened, Aaron. I'm just going to put that up. Well, how would you describe it, Tim? I would I would say that my <laughs> family's house got attacked twice in terrorist attacks, and stuff was stolen from it. Important documentation that could ruin our company. And ruin the UT.
5: Let's not forget and, uh, the cyber terrorists too, Tim. Cyber terrorism. Uh, yeah, my character detected that there were files that were taken and hacked while all of these attacks were going on, and yeah. they uh, they were complete. We couldn't decrypt them. The only person that could was uh, uh, oh, Patrick Ironclaw. Yeah, Ironclaw. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep there was a there was a uh, attack on the lobby that killed civilians. And I went and grabbed a tomahawk and put it in the front door because I'm at war now. That's
2: where we are. That's a good spin because, you know, obviously having a bunch of non-Native Americans become citizens of UT would ruin the place quite a lot. So I see where you're coming from.
6: Um, I remember very little other than following Jeremiah <laughs> around waiting, uh, waiting to jump on some bad guys and pummel them.
2: You had a badass trident, as I recall, didn't you?
6: <laughs> I have a staff of office, though. I don't have a trident.
2: Okay. Duke
4: Eris and uh, I forget Excel's uh, non-Excel name, <laughs> Carl Riley. Thank you, Carl Riley. We're in one of the uh, quiet rooms that the Coyote or Jeremiah uses to, you know, do his, his special little, you know, astral projection kinds of things. And while he was zoned out speaking to his elders, they did hear him say uh, a, a, a word over and over. That was partisan. Jeremiah doesn't remember saying it, and nobody seems to know what it means.
5: And Jeremiah saw somebody when he was over there too. I remember he saw somebody like in the distance, and he asked about him, and he was told some told not to talk to him. That is
4: correct. There was a dark shadow that he hadn't noticed in the lodge before. There was a dark shadow in the lo- in the lodge that uh, uh, Jeremiah hadn't noticed before. And when he asked if he could speak to this person. Uh, who hadn't said anything the entire time uh, Jeremiah was there? The other elders said, "Sure," and then he uh, broke his trance, so he never got the opportunity to chat with that individual.
1: Oh, I I, I do remember one other thing. I, I sent the uh, wife and kid to the uh, the fallback location, the safe house.
4: After Jeremiah came out of his trance, was the explosion downstairs? Um, a a vehicle was run into the building as a as a car bomb. Uh, and caused immense damage to the uh first floor. Uh nothing in- intensely structural but you know there there's a lot of work that's going to have to be done on the first floor. Uh there are UT warriors all over the street securing the entire block. No no motor vehicles of any kind are allowed on the street now other than official use vehicles. Uh I mean there are just Dozens and dozens and dozens of uh, UT warriors out there, fully armed, suited up, ready to fight, walking amidst the smoking ruin of uh, this level of the building. Are Jeremiah Duke Eris, and uh, Excel? Excel is suited up because he had been there to assist with the uh, victims.
1: Is Nestor down here?
4: Yes, he is, and he's you know directing
1: his men. I catch his eye and I and I, and I, I walk over. You all right? I need I need a sit rep. We've secured the entire block.
4: Uh, we've got checkpoints at every street. Um, the the uh, vehicle was unmanned. It was automated. Apparently, we didn't find a body inside.
1: I find it really strange that we got cyber attacked and then all of a sudden, an, uh, in uh, a computerized vehicle, just went to haywire. That's not a coincidence. It does. It does
4: seem uh, a little too much to to chalk up to coincidence, doesn't it? It does.
1: Uh, I look over at Excel. Um, out of character, do we? Does everybody know that Carl is Excel? I don't no. think so. No. Okay.
5: I say you know, and uh, the Duke knows now.
1: Okay. Right. All right. I I, I call a group huddle. All right, Nestor, you keep going. Uh, give me reports when you can. Yes, sir. All right. A word, gentlemen. Um, this this uh this this hacker guy, Excel. How do we find him?
5: Well, we tried tracing him with magic, and he teleported away. Uh, we know file-wise he got those files that we can't read that uh, only Mr. Ironclaw can. But we've tried technology. We've tried magic. I said, we've, we found him last time. He just got away too quickly.
1: Do you have any thoughts? I don't know how, exactly how your technology works
6: here as far as computers go, but is there anything we can do that we haven't thought of that
1: route? I look over
5: Excel. I'm thinking back to everything we had tried before. We, I know we tried to do a counter hack back, and we did. We tried using magic to trace it back, and you were successful in doing that. You just didn't get there in time.
4: You know, you had seen what looked like a a portal or a, a teleport uh, closing up uh, as you arrived.
1: Excel, would it be possible? Do we do we have a? Do you have a trusted confidant that could do the? the cyber work while you're out on the field. So maybe you can get a quicker jump.
5: I do. I was thinking just that maybe somebody that can keep, uh, keep them distracted by us. Another couple seconds.
4: All right. You see across the, you know, uh, Nestor is off across the, the street and he's talking to, you know, a, a huddle of his guys. And all of a sudden you see them all just dash back to the building. And there's probably uh, like 15 of his guys come, come running behind him as he goes charging back to the building urgently. Uh, follow, I guess. Yeah. I'm, yeah. After him. Um, Jeremiah, I assume that you're piped into building communication earbud or something that's fair okay so uh you hear that a prisoner has escaped two prisoners have escaped you follow nestor up and you you get to the security level and the gentleman who was involved in the attempted kidnapping of your son you see you get up there and find that he is gone and the uh the prisoner that was being held in the cell next to him is gone you also find that two of the uh, security guards who were assigned to this area have been cut in half. And, you know, Nestor's leaning down and he's, he's like, well, this is odd. And you notice it as well as, as the, do uh, Duke and uh, Excel. The, uh, the wounds have been cauterized, but still
1: cut in half. <laughs> what kind of weapon does that?
6: A lightsaber,
1: something sharp and hot, really hot.
6: Do you know of anyone? Uh, have you heard of anyone here that you would use anything like that? Maybe a laser, perhaps.
1: Maybe, maybe some laser technology. People are—is that that's a thing, Aaron? Isn't? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There's there's probably some. Uh, there's probably a couple terrorist cells that that have got their hands on laser technology.
6: Were there security were there security cameras active down here that saw anything?
1: Yes
4: uh, well, there are security cameras active. Um, Nestor stands up and he's, yeah, yeah, we've got uh, security cameras i I didn't think that this guy was that well connected I yeah I interviewed this guy he, he's looking over at you uh, jeremiah he says uh, he says, I interviewed this guy. he didn't know a damn thing. Why would somebody go to this kind of trouble to get him
1: maybe because of who he was?"
4: I
5: don't Let's know. Take a look at this video and see who did it. What
6: if it was the other guy? They wanted instead
4: of, mm. but, and you know, uh, Nestor Nadya. Well, I certainly that's certainly a possibility. Um, we, he was here for for a minor infraction, stole some food from the kitchen, but maybe he was maybe he was more involved. So uh, that you you guys pull up the video and you see two of your the security men, the two that are are dead in the. Uh, here in the the uh, uh, security section, and they come in and open up the cell where the African uh, inmate was, and just beat the living tar out of him, and just get wailing on him with clubs for apparently no good reason.
5: Is this standard security protocol,
1: Nestor? What's going? What, uh, yeah, Nestor, that that doesn't look necessarily seems unjust. Do we have like some? audio or something uh no just it's it's just video i don't know what he could have said to get that kind of treatment
4: nestor is just I, i i imagine the men were maybe taking out some some aggression on and frustration from the events of the day but i i can't imagine that we've got men on the team who would do this it you you see that the inmate joseph who was in the in the other cell you see him picking the lock opens the lock, steps out, and engages those men. They're fighting, uh, and as you, you see, he's he's standing there, and it seems to say something, and all of a sudden, the video just flashes. I mean, just brilliant light, and that's where the video ends. Huh.
6: So it appears the man in the other cell did not hold too well with what was happening.
4: And you know for a while there the the guards were were getting over on uh, Joseph so you know it looked like they were about to you know hand him his ass as well but then the the video goes white and now you're left with two dead bodies and two missing prisoners
1: all right well keep an eye out for them, and uh let's let's continue with the plan uh excel I want to need I'm gonna need your uh your uh, your recommendation on that on that other thing and uh, we'll, we'll get working on
5: that. Yes sir, give me a couple minutes to get it set up and all right. uh, Aaron I rush out of the room and while I'm getting things set up and uh, trying to get the the computer programs all set up ready for the magic again, I uh, I call my fiance and just like, hey hon, just wanted to let you know I didn't get blown up. She it's all over
4: the news that something terrible's happened there.
5: Yeah, I I am still at work. Don't worry, we are safe. We are locked down right now, and I can't really, I don't, you know, I only have a couple minutes to uh, to talk am getting some things ready. But I was nowhere near where the uh, the truck hit the building, so or the explosion. I just wanted are you, are, to make sure that you weren't worried. Are you coming home soon? I will be home as soon as I can, dear. Like I said, the building is locked down right now, though. It'll... The, the warriors are all over town. I mean, they're, they're just on—they're on every corner. Yeah, are, we've is, been. Are, are, is anyone safe? Well, the terrorists have only hit here so far. Jeez, this is crazy. This is crazy. Who would do something like this? I don't know. I can't even imagine. And, I said, and the whole time I'm talking, she's hearing probably wind cuz i'm moving at you know super speed doing things. Where are you? Why is it so windy? Oh, there's there's just a hole in the building.
4: <laughs> okay, we're going to cut to uh Betty. Okay. Um you're back on the 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 party boat with uh with Joe and you have all the stuff that you have
3: recovered. So um I'm thinking there's the book, and I want to look at the book, but I think we should contact Shadow Override with what we found.
4: I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I'll, I'll, I'll contact him right now.
3: Okay. And while he does that, I'll investigate this book that caught my eye.
4: The book is very old. Um, it is it, well cared for, well preserved, but you're seeing entries in it. Some of the entries are in English. And then others are in the graphic language of the tribe. But, you know, if you're reading it right, I mean, this is, this, these are entries from, you know, 500 years ago or longer.
3: Now, is it an ancient language or is that a language that people can still understand? Some
4: of it is you, have, you know it's part of their language, but you don't know it. Uh, you know, there may be somebody who does, or there there could be, a, you know, perhaps a an internet, uh,
3: you know, a Babelfish application for uh, for the language. Well, I am sure that we have. I mean, given our connections, you know, and given the fact that we do deal internationally, we've probably got someone, maybe even on staff, who would have uh, the ability to uh, to decipher some of the some of that language. I mean, is there anything in particular that catches my eye? Just there was, right
4: now, the things that catch your eye is just how old this is, and, and you know it is a history of what looks like one person. Does it?
3: it, you know, it does looks it like like perhaps department. a journal or a diary of one person. And, and now, are there any? What's the most recent entry in the book? It is
4: 1951. Is the last entry?
3: Even though it's 500 years old, there it, even it, it seems like there are entries, you know, up to 1950.
4: And it looks like it's all by one hand.
3: Now, do I – I mean, as I scan it, do I see any references to who it could be?
4: You do. It's Patrick Ironclaw.
3: Huh.
4: Joseph, you know, one moment you were – About
2: to get my ass kicked.
4: Yeah. And you seem to remember a flash of heat. You have a distant memory of, uh, of 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 someone's someone or someones screaming, but you, as you kind of shake it all from from your mind, you find yourself sitting in a pew uh, at your at your church at Saint Michael's. Right, and you look over and you see Charlie. Uh, sitting in the pew in front of you or hunched over in the pew in front of you. And he's, he is, you know, eyes, he's got an eye swollen shut. Looks like he may have a broken arm. And there is your priest, uh, Father Argento, taking care of him. And he's, you know, uh, he's taking care of his wounds, cleaning him up, that kind of thing. And he looks at you and goes, oh, finally coming back around.
2: At this point, Aaron, does my character feel... Uh, disjointed, confused. Does he feel peaceful? What, what's my general emotional state as I come out of this?
4: You know, you you have that feeling like you do after uh, an adrenaline rush. You feel a little exhausted, and you know, it coming down off that high, you notice that you know you had had taken quite a number of shots before you kind of lost yourself. Um, you don't. You're not hurting. You're not sore. Everything feels fine. Other than just your general state of awareness.
2: Well, I'll I'll look over to Charlie and, and kind of get up and kind of pat him on the shoulder and, and ask him if he's doing okay. He, he says, I, I'm
4: fine. I, I just, I don't know how I got here.
2: I'll, I'll, I'll look at the father and be like, well, I, I don't remember exactly what happened, but we must have uh, managed to, manage to get out of there somehow. He says, don't look at me. You boys were here when I walked in. Well, I don't know. Let's, I guess it's a miracle, isn't it, Charlie? I'll just say I believe in angels. Well, uh, I'm sure I couldn't have got out got out without you, but I think uh, considering everything that's happened tonight, I should probably uh, make myself scarce, and you might want to as well. He nods. uh, Yeah.
4: Do you have some place to go?
2: I'm going to try to figure out a way to get out of uh, uh, Sepoya and uh, maybe head back across the Atlantic to uh, I don't know, maybe Africa. He nods. Well be careful and thanks for your help tonight. Uh, you too. God, God bless Charlie. Father, it's always a pleasure to see you. Good luck, son. Uh, and I was I'll look at him and say, Do you you know, could you take my confession perhaps before I uh go? Yes, absolutely. He gestures over to
4: the uh confessionals. Step into a very traditional styled confessional with the uh screen the booth and the screen between you and the priest.
2: Uh, I'll I'll sit down and wait for the little, you know, window thing to slide open. It does. I'll say, you know, uh, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It has been three weeks since my last confession. Continue, my son. Uh, In that time, I I have committed sins of violence and and hate and have been inadvertently swept up in uh, designs that could have hurt a a young child, which, as we all know, is one of God's most precious gifts to us. I have also committed the sin of uh, lust a few times outside the holy matrimony. Then uh, I've taken the Lord's name in vain a few times. Is it your plan not to commit these sins anymore? Well, certainly uh, never to, to harm an infant. No, I, I certainly have no plans to ever do that again. I can only do my best to avoid any further uh, violence against my uh, fellow man. These are laudable goals.
4: I, I, I overheard you uh, planning to run. Yes, sir. In your flight, you may be challenged. With the need to hurt others.
2: Yes, Father, I imagine I, I, I will be. How do you think you'll deal with these? That's a good question. Um, I am, have a lot of hatred in me towards the uh, the Germans who have uh, defiled my homeland and um, my people. And it is hard for me to not uh, wish them harm. Hatred is no meal for a man, my son. Yes, Father, it's
4: something I'll try to keep in mind. Feed on spirit and grace. Say your prayers.
2: Father, doesn't you know the Lord say that there should be justice in this uh, against those who commit evil? The Lord's justice. And, and who mets out the Lord's justice? The Lord. Does he do that himself, or is it something that only happens after someone dies, or does he have instruments here as well that, that do things in this plane? The Lord acts through his through his people, through his church,
4: through his agents in the world.
2: Right. Um well, well
4: thank you, Father. He says a few uh you know prayers over you and yeah. uh uh you cut out. Alright. Uh, Charlie sees you as you're as you're leaving and he's like, Hey man, you might want to hit the, the bathroom and clean up before you go.
2: Oh uh I'll like gesture to my face be like, Oh, do I have something? He's he just
4: kinda you know makes a motion like you got some stuff on you. Okay, I'll, uh,
2: I'll I'll hustle into the
4: bathroom and get cleaned up.
2: I, I imagine maybe I have some dirt or, you
4: know. Well, gr- you actually like, look rather a fright when you see oh, yourself in the mirror.
2: Okay.
4: And you, you're like, wow, you know, because you don't hurt. But you've got blood on the side of your face, down your neck, and and on your clothes. And, you know, keep in mind you're wearing the, the jumpsuit of a, uh incarcerated
2: person there at Iron Claw Towers. Whoops. <laughs> None of this blood is yours, apparently. Is it dried? Oh, yeah uh just to remind me i didn't see any big giant knives or machetes in that prison cell did i you did not oh that's
4: no it was fairly secure
2: you know uh, other than the fact that we have your bobby pins uh you know
4: picking locks
2: yeah uh i'm going to uh clean the blood off me quickly okay uh kind of scrub it off i'm going to ditch the jumpsuit uh i'm guessing what underwear underneath yeah
0: Oh,
4: as you
2: as you're you know uh stripping
4: down you know the bathroom has you know the bathroom mirror over the vanity, but there's also a mirror on the door, so you're able to catch a, a view of your back as you're turning you know to discard your clothes and you see the wildly ornate tattoos on your back and you remember uh you know as you were stripping down uh you know, earlier in the evening, someone had commented on your tattoos and you're like, what the hell are they talking about?
2: Right. It was one of the guards, yeah. uh, I recall. Yes. And I
4: mean, uh, wildly detailed uh, wings on your back.
2: It, it, it's just and it's strictly, you know, uh, uh, wings. There's no words, symbols. Nothing there like are that.
4: some symbols. And what do they look like? Uh, they are they you know you you have had enough of your your catechism class stu- studying old and new testament that you recognize some of the symbols to be Aramaic in origin you don't know what they mean but they they are certainly Aramaic
2: okay i'm going to you know in my boxer briefs uh, i guess uh you know what i'm just going to do this i'm going to keep the jumpsuit down around my waist tighter on my waist uh, so i'm i'm bare-chested uh, but still have the the pants portion on mm mm-hmm. Uh, and you use the arms, empty armholes, to kind of cinch it around my waist so it's not falling down. And then I'm gonna walk out to the the pew, and I, I see Charlie there, and I'm, I'm gonna walk over to him and, and ask him, "Did you did you ever get cut or did you get hurt? Did did you bleed a lot?" <laughs>
4: he kind of gestures to his face. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. It seems it, like more blood than he would have probably let though, in as good a shape as he's oh. in. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's taken a beating, but, you know, significant amounts of blood.
2: And then is is the father out in this area as well? Has he yes. come
4: back out? He is. He is bringing back uh, uh, a, a tray with sandwiches on him.
2: I, I'm going to ask if he recognizes, A, I'm going to ask if he recognizes these symbols on my back. And, two, I'm going to ask him if he has any, like, you know, lost and found type clothing laying around that I might be able to borrow. He uh, he he nods. He hands you a half a sandwich. I and, will. And, uh. Eat it mechanically.
4: We have clothes in the uh, donation closet. I'm sure there's something there that will fit you. And he's looking at your back and he's like, interesting. Where
2: did you get this tattoo? I don't know, Father. I, I literally have never seen these before in my life. These words are a name. Okay. But like whose name?
4: Ramiel, Angel of Light. Is that real? <laughs> he smiles at you. This is magnificent work. I'd love to know who did this. Father, as far as I know yesterday, I didn't have these on my back. Indeed. He he you know tilts his head. I, 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 I can't imagine. I can't explain that.
2: And this is an angel. Have you ever heard of this angel?
4: Ramiel, yes.
2: Oh, what? You say he's angel of light, so he's like good?
4: Light, justice. He was a, a wrathful angel dealing out God's justice.
2: Like in the afterlife?
4: certainly the the stories are apocryphal but church legend has it that you know he he dwelt among men he took the flesh of man
2: and how did he how did he deal at his justice with a flaming sword if the stories are to be believed but of course these are just legends i i thank you for your time uh father and and everything you've done for me while i've i've been here but i think i'd better uh uh go travel safely son
1: Gentlemen, I, I need a moment to try to solve this teleportation problem. So uh, I find an office or an area that's quiet, and I try to not necessarily go to the sweat lodge, but enter the spirit realm. Okay. Now, are you doing
4: that with anyone in the room with you, or are you are nope. you all by yourself? So you don't have a all guard. All by myself.
1: Okay. Well, I'll post. I'll we'll post a couple of the warriors at the at the you know at the, at the door.
4: Inside or outside?
1: Outside. Okay. So, uh, you go in to do that. I'm going to
4: come back to you.
5: Uh, okay.
4: Carl, are you okay. Carl now or are you Excel now?
5: Um, I'm going to switch back to Carl for what I need to do next. So, what I'm going to do, I've got the, uh, we'd already done the hard work before on figuring out how to make it work. So, I've got a cell phone all ready to go for the magic part of uh, what we tried before of tracking the guy down. So, uh, I do that and, you know, knock that out of the way pretty quickly. So then, I'm going to take a copy of our, our basic environment, like the, uh, the domain, copy it over into a test lab, reset all of uh, Ironclaw's passwords, and try to get the data out of the, the files that were stolen. So I'm doing all of that in a, like I said, I'm creating a new firewalled off test environment and trying to just reset all of his passwords and trying to, uh, trying to get into it that way. I'm, uh, I'm hoping that I'm smarter than he is when it comes to technology.
3: You were
4: able to reset a number of his passwords, but uh, you were not able to gain access to the files that were stolen. Duke Aris.
6: Yes, I'm going to go find Ayana.
4: You, it takes you a few minutes, but you locate her in uh, the family wing. You see a, a number of servants are uh, assisting and getting items gathered. And there are ten warriors here who are you know guarding various points in the hallway. And you know one of the one of uh Nestor's senior men is trying to hurry everybody along because they've got orders to uh fall back to an offsite location. And you can see Jeremiah's uh wife Rain is you know with her child and you know gathered up you know with, with various people uh, and they're they're trying to usher them out the door. Patrick Ironclaw is not here, but the the two women are.
6: Well, I'm going to uh, I'm going to walk up to Ayana and say I uh, thought I would check on your well being before you left.
4: I, I, I am I am fine, good Duke. I, I I appreciate you checking on us. She smiles.
6: So you're you are leaving now.
4: Yes, my my father and brother want us out of here just as soon as possible. What with two bombings today.
6: Well, I think that is prudent. So I will uh, I will try to do what I can do to assist your family in discovering what has happened and and to find out who the culprits are in this matter.
4: Thank you so much. Thank you. I I, I this is I, you you couldn't be seeing us at a worse time.
6: Well, I understand. Every every powerful family has enemies it's not unlike what has happened quite often in the empire
4: you know every other day of my life has 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 been quiet and gentle and calm i this is this is all most unseemly and i you you're not catching us at our best and i apologize for that i hope it doesn't put you off of the entire arrangement
6: it uh, it does not and i look forward to when we can continue with what we had started so i will bid you goodbye
4: you turn to leave and she reaches out and and you know clutches your hand squeezing it softly but urgently She's like, I look forward to seeing you soon.
6: All right. When I turn and leave, I, uh, I'm going to call Cousteau. He, uh,
4: he, he he answers immediately and appears right. at your side. He's never
6: <laughs> Well, Cousteau, I'd like for you to um, to see what you can do as far as sticking close to Ayana, or at least having some of our men stick somewhere close.
4: I, I hesitate to leave your side, sir, but if you're directing me to uh, no, guard I- over –
6: Well, I want you there, and I want you to give me reports on uh, anything that seems odd or suspicious. Ayana will soon be a valuable resource to the Empire, and I want to make sure that she's protected.
4: Done. I I have alerted your father as to what's happening here.
6: Oh, has he responded?
4: He has. He is positioning Aquian forces just outside of uh, uh, UT waters. Hmm. They, they are they are there to assist if needed. He wanted me to let you know so that you could communicate this to the Iron Claws. We wouldn't want them to become nervous, sir.
6: Yeah, we wouldn't want any misunderstandings. Correct. Very well. I'll do so.
4: Sir? Yes? Might I say that Baron Finris and his sons have been rather scarce since the second bombing? Really? I just... They were very present during the first bombing... But we, I have not seen them in the second bombing. Hmm. It could mean nothing. I just wanted to make you aware. If I'm going to be away from you, I wanted you to be aware.
6: Well, hmm. before you leave to protect Diana, see what you can do to find out. Maybe send a, uh, send a detachment of a few of our men to maybe be able to locate the Baron and to let me know. Yes, sir. Hmm.
4: Right, very well. You're
6: doing a, gr- a very good job, Gusto.
4: Thank you, sir. I live to serve. He flows away.
6: I'm going to stride off and make my way to wait for Jeremiah to be done with his ritual.
4: Okay, so Jeremiah, you're all there ritualizing. Tell me what you're doing.
1: I am trying to enter the spirit realm. Okay. And my goal is to find the wolf that I had try to track down the shadow override character the
4: first time. Okay. You enter the spirit realm. And it's something is weird, something is off, and you know it immediately as you cross the veil. It takes you a second, but you're like, you know, there, there has been a stranger in your midst. There has been a foreigner walking this path. You know, you are you are very accustomed to other uh, others other spiritualists of your tribe uh, in the vicinity. You know, in, in the, the, the astral locale around you. One of the things that, that few people talk about is that there aren't a whole lot of non UT spiritualists or magic users around anymore. Um, you know, those that exist are, are over, you know, are, are across the water. You UT types take a rather dim view of, of spiritual magic or magic in general that is not, you know, part of, of uh, a UT practice. And so it is very noticeable when something arcane is employed uh, outside of your ne- tribal magics.
1: Kind of like a boat going through it too fast, you get a yeah, break.
4: yeah. I mean, it's just uh, it is it is it, it's very different, you know, sensation for you. And so that's the first thing you notice as you come in. So talk to me about the wolf.
1: I am uh, well. What I can do is I'll change myself into a wolf and st- and start the howl. I don't just want that wolf, Aaron. I want the whole pack. I want all of them and I want them now. And that's what I'm conveying.
4: So you summon six wolves, six wolves are all
1: circling around you and have joined into your song. I turn back spirit of the wolf. One that we have, we have, we have paid homage to for hundreds of years. Our tribe, our way of life is under attack. They are, they are attacking us at the heart of our tribe. I call upon you to do what is natural, to be a predator. Anybody. Anybody that is not of our tribe that is trying to get in and use the astral plane to get into Sipawea, I want dead. I want you to attack as a pack. I want you to let me know and I'll be here to help you brothers. But this cannot stand. They're they're threatening our way of life right now. They have declared war on us and they're cowards. They're not fighting they're not fighting a war that uh I can fight back as easily as they are striking at us. I ask of of you to do what is natural, and just aim it in the direction that I'm hopeful will stop this attack. They uh, growl and snarl
4: and begin stalking out on the hunt, and you're back in the room. I, I exit the door. Joseph Reck walks back in. He says, "I've just I've just spoken to." Uh, His people, and you see all of a sudden this fellow steps out of the shadows. In the room, he didn't come through the door, just steps out of the shadows. He is the black gentleman that you had met earlier. And Joseph says, oh, I hadn't expected you so soon. I really do believe the two of you should come with us. And he gestures towards the shadow.
3: So I met with Shadow Override directly. I am not Shadow Override,
0: but I'll take you to him
3: and what will shadow over i do
0: i believe we have some notes to compare
3: will joseph be coming with me
0: i think you both should come
3: all right it, 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 I, I you know it, it's uh, despite the fact that this is you know a gentleman who we've not really been familiar with i think the ur- the matter is so urgent and important that we kind of have to go
4: joseph uh, gestures for you to precede him into the shadow
3: okay i do so
4: you step through the shadow, and it's a disorienting experience. The room was very comfortable that you were in. You know, it's, it's, it's your home. It's the boat, you know. You step through, and it's immediately cold. It's dark, but dark in an unusual sense. You're dark in that everything around you is black, except for those areas that are, that are illuminated. You can see, like, desks computer workstations and whatnot but it's almost like being on a sound stage where all the areas outside of the the camera's point of interest are not lit and su- such that you can't see them it's 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 really kind of a bizarre space and, and it's it's chilly not f- not not freakishly cold but you know it's probably like you're thinking 63 62 degrees something like that it's, just, it's chilly you know it's not the 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 comfortable warmth and coziness of being back on the boat and there are people here there are a number of people here you know and this is a busy place and you can see a, a large uh conference table set out and you know any number of people you know working around and people of different ethnicities you've got white people black people asians etc i mean you know so it's a whole cultural melting pot uh of of folks other than the uh ut citizenship you, the, the, the fellow, he reaches his hand out uh, to Joseph as y'all step through, and, and he says, Call me Atlas. And he shakes, his hand, shakes uh, Joseph's hand. He says, Well, I'm, I'm, I'm Joseph Rack. And this is my associate, Betty. Betty and I have met. He walks you over the table, and there are a number of people there, and one person in, in particular. Betty, roll me a spirit roll. Seven. He seems very familiar and you know it's it's kind of a deja vu sort of thing you don't think that you've ever met him but there's something about him that is just intensely familiar but he is a he's a young man you can tell that one time he was probably very good looking but uh, he has got a horrible scar on, on or a lots of scar tissue on the right side of his face where he's been badly burned and it has cost him uh, one of his eyes so you know his uh, he he's only got one good eye and he's got uh, long blonde hair that he wears back in a ponytail very slight of build uh muscular and 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 flashes just a very ready smile and he's he's like betty
3: welcome so he knows my name he does you have me at a disadvantage sir
4: i'm sorry we just know that you're an associate of joseph's i apologize and he reaches his hand out to shake your hand
3: Okay, I go to shake his hand and I kind of give him the head, not like. And your name is? Call me Trap. Okay, Trap. Have Have we met before? I don't believe so. He shakes his head.
4: Hmm. Okay. Though I, you know, have it, having read about a number of yours and Joseph's uh, exploits, I feel like I know you already.
2: Well,
3: uh, we 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 do get around. It, other introductions
4: are made. You know, number of of different people working on the on the staff. But you notice the one person that you're not introduced to is Shadow Override.
3: Shadow uh, Override himself be making an appearance tonight.
4: There's a kind of an awkward silence, and
0: and uh, Atlas says, "He doesn't usually join us at table." Um, I can, we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll take you
4: to him. And uh, Shadow nods, or uh, Trapdoor nods, and says, uh, he, "He says, yeah, we'll uh, we'll hold the fort down here." We're, we're pulling in some uh, some data now, so we'll we'll have something for you here shortly. And Atlas nods and and uh, you know gestures for uh, you and Joe to follow him. Joe's like, "Where are we? Are, are we are we under? It's it, this is a, a, a cavernous space. I mean, you can't see
0: the ceiling, you can't see the walls. It's a cavernous space." He says, "We are not on Earth any longer. This place is called Shadow. Uh, it is a place that trap door or trap." Has access to and we have used it to base our operations to subvert the United Tribes.
3: How, how long has have you been doing this?
0: We've been doing this for five years.
3: And how many are you? That would be telling. You, you have been walking away from
4: the lit areas. And so you're really just walking in the dark. And when I say you're walking in the dark, it just means that there's no point of interest illuminated, but you can see, you can readily see Atlas walking in front of you. Yeah, you know, he is well lit. You're, you are well lit. Joe is well lit, but there's just nothing around you. And as you, uh, as you, as you walk for a few moments, you can see another very well lit area as you're approaching and you can see giant computer screens, you know, all you know, almost in a a, a three hundred and sixty degree, uh, you know, panoramic view uh, as you walk in, and they're gigantic, and all this data flowing. And you see a gentleman sitting in a wheelchair, and he, he is just withered away. And as you you at first glance, you think, oh, it must be you know a disease or something, um, but no, you can tell that he has been. Beaten and broken, you can see where he has been burned. He is uh, just hopelessly been mangled. I would like to introduce you to Shadow Override. And the the gentleman who you can tell he has no use of his legs, looks like very feeble use of of his arms. He has an assistant uh, standing off to, to his side, working at one of the computer stations. And he says, call me Lester. So you have, you know, ditched your uh, prison clothes. You are stomping around town. Tell me what kind of clothes you are able to pull together.
2: Uh, I see myself pulling together a uh, pair of denim uh, blue jeans that have been washed, but are, are very worn with, uh, you know, frayed, you know, patches, you know, some holes in them. And then uh, just a plain kind of uh, gray, heather gray shirt. Uh, again, well worn, but clean. And then a uh, kind of... Olive drab jacket. I am headed, so I'm going to, I think, perhaps make a uh, smarts roll or perhaps survival roll okay. to see if anything presents itself to me as a way that I think I can get uh, off to get
5: out of town. Off land,
2: yeah, exactly. Okay. Or streetwise, perhaps.
4: Uh, what's your streetwise skill?
2: D6. I'm
4: going to say your difficulty here is five. Okay and the uh the the more successes the uh better your idea sure
2: Uh, i rolled a three and a one so i'm going to binny that and roll again
4: he's gonna binny that up that's two bennies tonight i
2: rolled a five
4: you know you're aware of you know all the traffic that's in town you've got all the visiting Ambassadors and you know government uh, representatives here for the wedding, right? You know you've got uh, the Baron Zeppelins in town, any number of boats and planes, but you just in walking the couple of blocks you've already walked, you've seen that the city is practically under martial law. There are warriors everywhere you would not be surprised to find that all transportation out of the city and even into the city has been locked down.
2: So not much of an idea then?
4: Well, you know, you, you know that probably the only thing that's going to get out might be a, perhaps an Aquian vessel or perhaps a Sepoian vessel. You know, if, if perhaps a Sepoian. Uh, Vehicle was leaving out, or there could be a possibility of a a, a citizen's uh, uh, vehicle moving in deeper into the country. Now, remember, you know, non citizens aren't allowed outside right. of the city. Right. Probably the Sippewayans can leave the city right now.
2: How, how do I feel about sneaking onto the Baron's zeppelin? Because I'm not. I'm not going to pass as Aquan. Not right. going to pass as uh, Native American. Right. Could possibly pass as German. Possibly. Possibly. And it's
4: it's something that you've done before.
2: Well, and it's it's a language I speak fluently. That's so right.
4: and you know, you, you know, you have you have uh, donned the uh you know, uniform of office before to uh to work on other projects. So, you know, it's not something that's necessarily outside of your wheelhouse.
2: So, describe the Zeppelin landing zone.
4: Uh there are docking towers out towards the water where the Zeppelin is docked.
2: And when they're on board, where do the the Zeppelin crew members, the people who are aboard, where do they usually go to have fun? On board? No, like if they, you know, you've docked at a city, you get oh. a shore pass, you're going to go out oh, and yeah. enjoy local color. You know,
4: Nazis generally aren't going to spend time at the lower end clubs. They're going to go to some of the society clubs. You know, something that's a little bit more cosmopolitan. <laughs> Lord. So, so, yeah, they're going to be, you know, uh, downtown.
2: I'm going to go, uh, uh, you know, downtown being as inconspicuous as possible. Yeah, something yeah. that
4: caters to foreigners.
2: Yeah, and go looking for uh, some German uh, men on leave. Jeremiah comes walking out
5: of his quiet room. I have the, uh, the phone all ready for your magic, sir. Yeah, Did you find my, anything well, out? Uh...
1: Mine was more of a defensive measure, uh, Riley. Um, yes, yes, I, I think I can still do this. Uh, I, I head back in the office. Um, Duke, uh, a, a moment, sir. Of course, I wish to speak to you as well. Uh, let us head in here. We head into the office again. You can speak in front. Well, Carl, why don't you give us a moment, would you? No problem. Okay. I I, I don't want you to learn anything that somebody's going to get mad that you learned, okay, buddy?
5: Buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Completely understand. Okay.
1: Once he leaves, I'll turn to the Duke. Uh, Why don't you go first? You're the guest.
6: I wanted to make it known to you that there are currently Aquian warships on your territorial waters border. Okay. Only only there to provide assistance rapidly if needed. My father Uh, thought it would be wise to do so.
1: Well, that is an, an appreciative gesture. Let me let me inform, let me inform people that need to be informed.
6: Yes, yeah, so we don't have any misunderstandings. Yeah,
1: I get on the security horn because I'm patched in. I'm, uh, <laughs> uh. Yeah. Uh. Nestor, I need to speak with you now.
4: It uh, takes him a second, but he he, he you know clicks in. Uh, you want me there? Or you want to talk to him over the phone? What do you want?
1: Uh, is this line secure? It is. Um, Duke Aris has just informed me that the Aquians have graciously, uh, extended some help. There are Aquian warships sitting just outside of the UT, uh, waters and are willing to assist. Have you told father about this? No, I am in the middle of summoning stuff. Nestor. I, I can you take that burden on it? He Thank you. Disconnects. Thank you, brother. I unclick. I'm sorry, Duke. Uh, that, that is, like I said, that is appreciated. Um, I, I myself must must apologize to you. Um, you deserve more respect than me telling you to wait in front of a door while I go and do stuff. That was short-sighted of me, but I, I hope you understand, given the circumstances.
6: No offense taken. We have sorcerers in the Aquan Empire. I understand you need privacy to conduct your investigations.
1: So, in the spirit of cooperation, um, given given your your uh, your empire already helping, um, we're going to try to find this this hacker that's that's doing this. What 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 do you think that you can you can do in order to help? We have a we're going to have a, a, a person of extreme speed on the ground to get this person once I've tracked them, if I'm if I'm able to.
6: Well. I'll lend whatever I can. One thing that I can tell you is that my man Cousteau has informed me that the Baron is conspicuously has been conspicuously absent since the last bombing. I thought I would pass that along to you and let you know that I have sent a detachment of my security forces to try to locate
1: him. Please do so with kid gloves, Duke. Um, of course. We are... The way I would like that informed is that we are both concerned for his security given the situation. Of we course, I understand. We, we've had this conversation about the, about this guy, um, and quite frank, and I'll be frank in this room. I don't like him, and I don't, I don't, I don't trust them very much. But we are at a situation now where, if we can come to an agreement between the three of us, there there may be a chance for peace in our generation.
6: So I I share your sentiment and I understand your uh, your proclivities towards finding peace. Uh, as far as what I can do to assist you, I only have a small number of men here with me. Although I would prefer to uh, to follow along and and be with you whenever whenever you discover what you discover. At that point, I may be able to help with whatever the situation might be.
1: I am. I am comforted by that idea, and that was honestly the only idea I had. I just did not want to make assumptions because we are not—we're not exactly people that spend time together. So I don't necessarily know what you what you could or couldn't do. I just didn't want to make an assumption on that.
6: Well, in particular, I am quite a skilled warrior,
1: as I have heard. I, I have heard that. So why don't uh, why don't you stick by my side? I'm sure we'll get in trouble before it's too too long.
6: <laughs> that sounds like an excellent
1: plan all right i open the door carl yes sir all right you got the you got the uh, it guy
5: yep you got someone ready to go just waiting for you to do the do the magic thing on that phone all right
1: all right you go tell excel that we want him on the ground uh what, what what's your what's your name son oh i'm i'm todd sir
4: all right todd um he's, he's also a, uh, a a non-ut citizen
1: t- todd uh I don't I don't want to put pressure on you, but this is the most important thing you've ever done in your life. <laughs> so just take a deep breath, relax, and don't suck today. He, all right? he looks like he, he's wilting a little bit. <laughs> no, no. If it, no, if Carl trusts you, I trust you. I'm just – it's a pep talk. It's, it's fine. Yes, sir. Carl, you you, uh, you let Excel know we're on it. Yes,
5: sir. He, yes, sir. Um, make sure he's on the street, moving around town. Waiting for the call.
1: Oh, uh, do we have communicators with with uh, Excel? Uh, you can you can quickly equip him with uh, some of the security. Uh, I I reach into one of the warriors ears and take out one of his earbuds. <laughs> That's and not I sanitary. Hand, <laughs> I don't care. I hand it to Carl. <laughs> I'll I pat him come. on the back. It's okay, bud. All right. <laughs> so we're gonna try the hack again. Okay. So explain explain what we're doing. All right. So. You're gonna need Carl to explain all the all the techno babble. But the basic thing is to we know they got their hands on something that they can't crack. So Todd is going to create a dummy file that is basically like the 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 uh, how did he put it before? The honeypot? Right. A variation of the same thing because they can't possibly think we're stupid enough to do that again in the same day. <laughs> That's the plan. And once he hacks it, I'm going to hopefully have a, another spirit animal. Not a wolf because they're all busy. But I think a hawk would be just fine in this case and trace, track him down again.
4: Okay, so this is contingent on uh, Shadow Override or whatever hacker uh, hacking back into your system.
1: Is that correct? Wayne, does that sound right? Because I think it does. Yeah. Yeah, because we, we lost the channel last time. I don't think we have enough on him to like, track him without him being monkeying around. So yeah, Aaron, it, it does. So if he doesn't bite, we're we're out. But then we have Todd and a hawk sitting at a computer and whatever, and we'll
5: we'll work on it. I'm going to, uh, you know, real quick before I hit the streets, I'm going to put out a just using like anonymous logons, put out a uh, message to the the underside of the internet where uh, where the hackers hang out, whatever this world's equivalent of 4chan is. Okay. And just. Uh, Basically like a, a bragging message, you know, claiming to be the, the hacker that got in. And basically I'm trying to make it sweeter, trying to make it seem like there's more information that maybe they didn't actually get, like they had missed a file.
3: Is anyone familiar with, with how that could even be possible?
4: Lester, you know, scrunches up his face and he's kind of hard to... To look at, I mean, he's got a friendly enough face, but he is just so withered and weak. Um, it just, Ugly. yeah, I mean, he just he he. While he seems a kind enough person, he does seem like someone who is you know one bad cold away from from the bitter grave. He he just seems quite frail. He says the water system seems a logical enough choice, and that means that we've all got that part of the 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 poison in us if he's not going to add that to the water supply and and why would he because if you've got it in the water supply that could mean that you know a citizen a ut citizen could you know partake so you, you wouldn't want the second part to be delivered the same way but what's common to everybody what's common to you know all of us
3: who aren't citizens i i guess our – genes. I mean, there's got to be something. There's got to be some type of genetic um, difference between us and them. You know, d- despite what the Nazis
4: would have you believe, there is there is a minuscule genetic difference between a, an Aryan and a an Asian, between a white person and a black person. The, the, I, I cannot believe that they have got genetic science down to, to such a infinitesimal precision to be able to accomplish something like that. No, I think it's a a much dumber solution.
3: As in maybe they're just tapping the right water lines? Maybe
4: it's – again, I doubt that it's the water. It's got to be in the food
3: or – Do they – out of character question, is food something they – I mean have they pro- it, it like do they provide specific meals to the citizens that kind of thing?
4: There is government food that is provided in, you know, uh, uh some of the more lower income, but I mean that only that would only get you the lower income. You know, it's it's not it's not going you know there there is a middle class amongst the uh the immigrants. I mean, you're not going to get, you know, those folks who who have you know uh, work papers? Who own a business? You know, you're, if you're if, if you're if you're going to spike the government cheese, uh, you're not going to get those people. It, it, it would leave a a lot outside of the sterilization.
3: Well, this guy's been at it for 400 years to come up with this plan. He's got 400 years more experience with this than we do.
4: Patrick Ironclaw, 400 years—that seems crazy to me.
3: If he's figured out the key to surviving this long he has to have figured out something that we're not thinking of maybe
0: atlas atlas kind of his head pops up and he says "I, i hadn't considered that that angle before but perhaps it's a magical delivery
3: system they've
0: campaigned against users of the art for decades
3: maybe to prevent anyone from fighting this off
4: Lester says that's certainly a possibility. And you can see that, that Atlas just his jaw is set and you can see, you know, his his uh you know he's scowling pretty hard uh, you know, and, and Lester says you you must forgive Atlas. He lost a dear friend to the Iron Claws and their their campaign against those who use
3: the arts. Quick question. Do I get a vibe off of Atlas or Lester that I did off of uh Trap? No. Do you have Anybody here who has magical abilities that can look into this? Atlas almost growls the answer. Not anymore. Not anymore.
0: They're all dead. You can't find a a practitioner to travel to this side of the world any longer. The Iron Claws have no mercy for anyone using the arts in their hemisphere. They will hunt them down.
3: Is anyone outside of the Iron Claw ironclaw family familiar with magic
4: anyone outside of the family in here yes. in the ut
3: yeah no Oh,
4: well, i guess oh, we, you mean not- like 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 another ut citizen yeah oh okay um well yeah there would there, there would uh, yeah uh lester says yes there are any number of uh of ut practitioners but they're all they're, they're all partaking in the in the in the university
3: i guess we got to kidnap somebody
4: and do what with them
3: Make them show us – find out what's going on. See if if there's anything that they can do to sense the magic, find the magic, That's that could potentially be causing this. I have to believe that not everyone is involved in this plan.
4: I can't imagine that we could turn any UT practitioner to our cause. I cannot imagine that we could coerce any UT practitioner to our cause, Lester says. "You," His assistant says, we've got it. He's like, on the screen – and you see a word materializes on the big uh, computer screen, and it, it says partisan. You know, he, he looks around the room. Does that mean anything to anyone? We we've, we've pulled that from Iron Clause Files. Does
3: it mean anything to me?
4: It does. Or you feel like it should. And then you remember that you, you, you've got that deja vu feeling, but you also remember that you've seen that word recently.
3: I saw it in the office.
4: And you saw it in the book.
3: Yeah, and do I have the book with me? You do. All right, I, I, I've seen that. I've seen that word. I've seen it right here in this book. So you flip now. Keep in mind, you you were just look. You were flipping. You weren't reading, right? You weren't reading yeah.
4: the content. You were just flipping. As you flip through, what do these symbols mean? And he's pointing to the uh, graphic language of the
3: UT. And we haven't had a chance, to, or have I? Did I have a chance while no. he was making? No, no. I, I don't know. We we have to bring in someone to, to translate this for us. Lester says, what are we talking about? So I show him the symbols. Do you mind if we
4: scan these in? Uh, not at all. He puts his assistant on it. There's only so much
3: technology we have on a boat.
4: As she's scanning, the pages are coming up on the screen. There is the partisan reference, you know, as, as moments go by, talks about uh, a device that... Patrick Ironclaw obtained and he's like he's like this doesn't make any sense he's some of these entries are from 500 years ago but it's like he's writing from now you know and you've got these this 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 conflicting subject verb tense where he talks about he's writing from 500 years in the past but talking about events that haven't occurred and talking about a history that you don't share it is it is very confusing. It's almost like someone's just wild fanciful writings.
3: Can you verify the age of the ink, the age of the document? I
4: absolutely. So they they do some some quick scans and they're like these pages are over 500 years old. But they're written with and they they start you know doing some analysis on the ink. It's written with ink that didn't exist then. It's written with modern devices.
3: As in he Wrote it recently on old documents? Or as in he wrote it 500 years ago with modern technology?
4: He wrote it 500 years ago with modern
3: technology. So Betty's not a scientist in this reality. No. So I don't know that she'd come to the conclusion of time travel. But... Yeah, I think she's going to throw it out there. Okay, well, it's just as outlandish as him being 450 years old. Sure. Does he have time travel? Do, do, does, is that even possible,
4: Lester? You know, scoffs. I mean, he just kind of, <laughs> you know, if he had the ability to, uh, you know, work up enough breath to, uh, you know, do a spit take, um, he might do that. He says, time travel is scientifically impossible. The amount of energy that would be required to to travel from the present to the past is insane. That's that's just not possible.
3: And being four hundred and fifty years old is you.
4: There are biblical accounts of individuals who have lived unrealistic numbers of years. We're talking about the UTA, mystical, uh, a mystical a, – a, a government that employs mysticism in its daily life and work. I'm far more inclined to believe of a magical solution here. And perhaps there is – maybe perhaps there is the magical ability to, to travel back in time. Maybe that's the answer. Maybe that's what's happened here. And you hear the assistant say, um, I'm not so sure about that, sir. And you see the, the computer up on the screen has uh, finished translating some of the, uh, the UT language, and it references Partisan's time machine.
3: That's what I said, Wheels. Just saying.
1: There is a military arm of the UT that is super powered, correct? Correct. We're, ca- we're hitting the Avenger panic button, okay? <laughs> a sip away is under attack. We we are under attack by terrorists. I, I need what we can spare. Okay, so you have hit
4: the panic button. Now are you waiting for them to, to meet you there at the tower? Or that you seems gonna... reasonable. Okay, so you guys are there in the control center, and you got Todd over there working his thing, and you've got any number of, of, of different individuals. Uh, Duke, what are you doing while all this is going on?
6: I'm just like, I'm like hanging over Todd's shoulder, like very annoyingly breathing down the back <laughs> of his neck, <laughs> asking him questions.
4: <laughs> Todd's got three different computer screens in front of him. The center one is the one that's monitoring the honeypot, right? The one off to the left is monitoring a number of other resources and inputs. And the screen on the right is, you see that uh, it is, has has been calculating the, the map of Sipawea. And it has dialed in to a specific location. You see that that animation happen on the screen. And Todd kind of glances over at it looks at you and goes back to work working on the center screen
6: looks at who looks at me
4: yeah looks at looks at the Duke because you're, you're right. hovering over his shoulder
6: all right um, I'll, I'll be like so what do those numbers mean in the
4: corner it's like well those are those are court you know he's pointing to the the screen on the the right he says well those are our coordinates I've, I've been tracking an, an incursion or an inquiry that we had earlier in the evening uh, and just trying to determine where it came from because it wasn't an IP that I recognized.
6: And are you having any success?
4: Yeah, it's dialed in. I, it's clearly an error. It's dialed into the harbor. I, I, you know, I was just. It was a. It wasn't a. It didn't categorize as a security breach. So I just thought I'd check. But I, uh, there, there, there were some uh, rather fast data packets uh, transferred. I can't find the logs for it, but uh, I just. I think this may have just been a, an error.
6: The harbor, you say.
4: Yes, sir. He he's he's got it pinpointed, and he points to uh, the number indicating the uh, the harbor slot.
6: Oh, can uh, Jeremiah? Yes. Can can I go investigate this at the waterfront? That seems to be a bit in my wheelhouse, as you all are fond of saying.
1: What what's at what's at the harbor? I'm sorry, I was on a call.
6: Your your man Todd. It's Todd. Is that correct, Todd?
1: Yes, yeah, yes, sir.
4: Yes,
6: yes. Man, yes, to get Todd a water, he's sweating out of his ass. Todd seems to have localized some sort of suspicious activity. Something about I, an IP address. I don't understand all this, I, but I'm not
4: saying that he, he, he was panicked. Now, sir, I'm not saying that it was suspicious. I was just saying I didn't understand the inquiry. Um, it was a it was a very brief inquiry that came across earlier in the evening, and I was just checking something out. I'm not saying that this is anything over here. I mean, he, uh, Todd, Todd, he is see about to kiss himself.
1: Todd, Todd, Todd. Take a deep breath. You've CYA'd, buddy. Yes, okay. yes sir. Duke, uh, do you want me to come with? Yes, please. All right. Uh, hold on a sec. Nestor, I, I, can you talk for a minute? Um, I have the, uh, the, the UT Militia uh, Special Forces inbound, but Duke, Aris, uh, and I have a lead. Can you coordinate with them? On it. Okay, I send them a message letting them know that Nestor is the one that will coordinate with them. I am in the field, but I will be available. Let's go kick somebody's ass, Duke. Indeed. I, I, will let Excel know. Uh, Excel, we have a lead at the docks. I'm not sure I want you to follow up on it. I, I'm kind of, I kind of think you're better off in the field, uh, waiting for this cyber hacker.
5: All right. Which, if you need which, me, let me know. I'll be there.
1: Uh yeah. If it if it comes to that, I will definitely call you in.
5: And I will uh, full
4: faith that you'll get them. You'll get there, I mean. Tell me how you guys are approaching the harbor and who's
1: coming with you. Helicopter. Helicopter sounds cool. Who flies a fucking helicopter? I don't have to fly a fucking helicopter. (laughs) (laughs) You've got people for that. That's training someone who flies a helicopter on the the (laughs) roof right now. He's dead.
4: (laughs) Joseph. You have successfully obtained a uniform. Sweet! Would you like to tell me what rank it is? Uh, you know, I'm gonna go. You never want to shoot too high. Uh, I'm gonna go with captain. So you are are a uh, SS captain. I feel dirty just saying it. Okay. <laughs> uh, tell me what you're doing. You have uh, hidden the
2: body. <clears throat> All right. So I'm going to make sure. You know, I'm, I'm spit shine perfection, and then. Uh, you know, practice my German real quick to myself in the uh, closet because I, I haven't used it in a few days. And du kannst then mein Schwanz saugen. There you go. Exactly. Kap yeah. And then I will, uh, you know, practice my heel clicks a couple times. Okay. And then I'm going to head towards the uh, Zeppelin uh, docking. You you make it over. You know, it, it's much
4: easier to get around town when you're walking around in the, uh, the officer's uniform of an ally. Uh, you know the UT Warriors don't give you any crap at all. They 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 clear ways for you. I,
2: uh, I I snap smart salutes to them as I go by.
4: And you even you know catch a nice ride with some other uh, uniformed officers to get you there. So you know you travel right very smartly over to the uh, you know Zeppelin docking tower. You take okay. the ride up, bantering comfortably with
2: some of your countrymen. Yes. You
4: you make it up to uh, Zeppelin.
2: I'm going to find I mean I obviously know the name of the body associated with this uniform uh, I'm going to find his quarters okay um you you, you your name is Hans Gruber
4: <laughs> sure <Okay. laughs> Hans so uh captain Hans Gruber and there you, go.
2: Uh, you uh you find your quarters uh, I will uh I don't know <laughs> did the body have anything like a key card or oh yeah you got the
4: whole you got the whole schmear oh I swipe myself in. You find his, you know, rather, you know, comfortable, those small quarters here on the Zeppelin.
2: Private quarters?
4: Yes, they are. You know, you can see the picture of his uh, lovely Aryan bride and uh, his lovely Aryan children.
2: Okay, so it's only a matter of time before someone realizes I'm not actually (laughs) him. So this is is only going to last for so long. I'm going to go through his, uh, you know, his PDA, his documents, his files, his binder, whatever he's got lying around. Okay. And see if I can't figure out. A roughly when the Zeppelin is planning to leave to go back to Germany, and B some sort of uh, general layout of the ship. So as
4: you are going through uh, his secure documents and you know unlocking his his files and whatnot, um, you find that Zeppelin is carrying a cargo for the UT, and it is a gas that they are carrying. A gas. A gas. Yeah, an aerosol gas and you find you know a number of directives on how it will be dispersed by the uh, the Nazis over the city and you at first you're thinking oh my god they're the Nazis are betraying uh, the, the UT, UT. Uh, it's a typical typical Nazi move but then you find documents that reveal the whole plan to poison the non-UT citizens into sterilization. And so this that's... is the second component of that uh, of, of that combination to enact the sterilization.
2: So as I'm reading this, how are they not going to... Is there any indication how they're not going to hit all the regular UT citizens too? I mean, it's a gas they're dropping over the city. There, there's not a lot of detail on that, other uh-huh. than it seems to
4: be that there is a third component okay that is being given to the uh, ut citizenry
2: to avoid uh the whatever the gas is right going to do. right okay and so you you said this tells me it's going to sterilize non ut citizens correct this seems really bad yes it
4: does is there any type of armory on this ship oh yeah it's it's a fighting
2: ship where using my basic knowledge can i figure out where i think there'd be a supply of explosives oh yeah I'm going to go there and see if I can't check some out. Jeremiah and Duke Harris,
4: you guys are flying in on your helicopter.
6: And I've slipped out of my uh, regal uh, diplomatic uniform into something a little more tactical.
4: And as you're approaching, you know, you guys are scoping in on the harbor slot that Todd referred you guys to. You find a boat there, a, 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 a mid-sized uh, pleasure cruiser. You immediately see Jeremiah. That it is the boat registered to Joseph Rack.
1: Go on security com. Did we have a Joseph Rack at our party? Yes, sir. And you know the name. He is the
4: uh, the UT does a lot of business with Joseph Rack. Uh, you know he deals in gold-based and other technologies. In fact. Duke Eris is wearing some of his technology right now. <laughs> Let's go talk to Mr. Rec. As you're flying in, you see that there is, you know, you guys are, have got scopes on, on the deck and you see a figure moving around on the deck and it's one of Baron Fenris's sons.
3: Oh, really?
4: United Tribes and Knights of Rainsboro are productions of ideologyofmadness.com. Nazis, many Nazis, were in fact harmed in the production of this podcast. Really, So many Nazis.